Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Welcome to another episode of Spirit Katana. I'm your host, the old man. I'm Ruby. I'm Rosella. I'm Jadefire. And I'm Big Mama. And together we are a family venturing through the Bible together to sharpen our understanding of who God is and what he's been doing and what he wants from us in our life here before we uh, get to die. <laughs> Unite with him in eternity is what I was going to say. <laughs> But, but yes, yes, we will physically die. <laughs> Just die. All right. We are uh, still in the book of Matthew as we go heading by heading. And I believe that Ruby is one section behind. So she can start us off with the end of chapter 21. The parable of the rejected son. To, of the rejected son? Mm-hmm. Um, what does God want my life to look like? Not to be like the first tenants who rejected the servants and son. I mean, like, but it's really not to be kind of like the Pharisees who reject the prophets and who rejected Jesus, who's the son. Yeah, that was your application last week, was to listen to his prophet. Mm, yeah. All right. So Ruby, myself, and Jadefire should be on the first two sections of 22, because I think both Rosella and Big Mama shared on those sections last time. So... Jadefire, the parable of the wedding banquet. The parable of the wedding banquet. That's what I said. <laughs> Matthew 22, 1 through 14. The question, what can you learn about God to, that we should come when invited? Okay, whatever. No, to... Um, hey, I'm going to go uh, drive by and smash the mailboxes. You want to come with? I'm inviting you. I was about to continue. <laughs> I know, that's why I had to get it in there quick. <laughs> Anywho, like, main, like we should come when we're invited to, into heaven. We are, which we are all invited into heaven. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, let's see, what do I have for my note? Oh, that's right, I shared a little bit last time just because I had two notes. <laughs> um, one was about Calvinism. So, the other one. My note is more just a question. So there's all the people that were invited first, like which are supposed to be what, like the Pharisees, the, the the Jews, and all that stuff, right? Right? Is that right? The Jews, yeah. Yeah. I was pondering what you meant by the Jews and all of them. I was like, well, I said the Pharisees, and I'm like, well, and the Jews, all of them is what I yeah. meant, I guess. So yeah. The Jewish, the Jewish nation. Yeah, but then they they refused to go because they had other things to do, better things to do. Um, Not all. Sure, but that that in the story. Oh yeah. Um. So then the invitation goes out to everybody else, and then they come, and but then we get this other person that shows up, who does show up later, like late to the whole thing, who chose not to show up before, and he's not wearing wedding clothes that were even provided for him. And I was just curious what everybody's thoughts were on like who that person that gets tossed back out is supposed to represent. Yeah, I was wondering I've, something like that too. I. 
would think that it'd be like um when we go to heaven and see god and he like judges us or whatever then we're like oh well now that we know you're completely real and everything yeah sure we we can go to you with sincerity just like i don't really want to go to hell oh that place is actually on fire never mind (laughs) (laughs) but not wanting to actually change my thought is of the verse where he says, many will say, Lord, Lord, um, didn't we do miracles in your name? And mm. I will say away from me, I never knew you. Sure. That same category is what I think of, but that's not necessarily definite. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of where I was leaning. But, like, it just struck me as, like, it's just an odd situation, this person that shows up. but Because diff- it's like a different category than everybody else. Um, and it was just the one. It wasn't, like, a group of people. Mm. So I was just, I didn't know if that meant anything. And so I, like, could it, like, was it, like, in a reference to, like, Lucifer? But even he has a group of people that, or angels, I guess, that went with him. So it, I didn't know. Yeah. But I was leaning on to the idea that it probably was representing those that saw the fate of everybody else. And, and they're like, oh, I don't like that idea. So I'm going to go over here. But they didn't actually change because they're not wearing the clothes, right? Mm. They didn't get transfer- transformed because they didn't actually accept Jesus's... Maybe he came in through the window. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You know how it talks about the sheep gate? You have to enter by the sheep gate. Mm. So you try to sneak in. Yeah, if you don't enter... Because they even or... asked, like, how did you get in here? <laughs> well, there the you clothes. go then. Yeah, because we have to enter through Jesus, not by any means. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he wasn't changed to actually, like, he wasn't resurrected from his old self. He didn't die to his old self or however that goes. Yeah. So yeah, we we can't fake our way in. So <laughs> there's only one way in, and it's Jesus, and He changes. Uh, Ruby. Um, parable of the wedding feast. What does God want my life to look like? To respond to His gift with excellence and appreciate it, and learn more about Him. Respond to His invitation with excellence. Okay, put the excellence in there because of the wedding guests that didn't actually wear the cloak. Do you mean excellence or like exuberant? Like excitement or like gung-ho. <laughs> I put excellence. If you could use a word other than excellence, what would you use? To respond to it as best as I can. Okay. Paying the imperial tax to Caesar is my next section. Mine is marriage and the resurrection. Pharisees try to entrap Jesus. Never mind. Alright, I highlighted 2216. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. So they tried to flatter Jesus before even laying out the, their trap question. <laughs> Going on about how, oh, we know that, you know, you're great here. But he wasn't caught up in their empty words. <laughs> As he knew what they truly believed, especially as they tried to get him with the question they asked. But he was also not caught up in a foolish debate over it either. He looked beyond the either-or question that they created. Yeah. And I think I mentioned, I maybe even mentioned this on the podcast last time, I remember. It was just more of a, well, why not both? Like that meme of a little girl, like, why not both? (laughs) Because like, well, do we do this or this? (laughs) And he does, he tells him to do both. But he just stuck to God's truth. He didn't compromise himself and showed the... and he showed the integrity they claimed to believe he had. <laughs> They're like, well, we know you don't pay attention to others or whatever. He's like, darn straight I don't, so shut up, because <laughs> I ain't paying attention to your crap either. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, so he did not fear man, like they all did, and tried to, like, claim that he didn't fear man while also, like, trying to trap them with it. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm just going to tell you the truth here, and you're either either 
<laughs> Your either or questions don't mean nothing. So yeah, that was my note. Ruby? Um, what does God want my life to look like? To give my life to him? This is, comes from verse 21. Um, mostly the last part, but I'll read the whole one. Um, Caesars, they replied, Jesus said precisely, for the coin bears the image of the emperor Caesar. Well, then you should pay the emperor what is due to the emperor. But because you bear the image of God, give back to God all that belongs to him. I like how they expound on that to more of the meaning behind it. Yeah, yeah you might ha- not have, but because you bear the image of God. Because a lot of people it's, very it's easily silent. overlook the image of God and the image of Caesar. Mm. Yeah, it, ours just says, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. Yeah, like, this very is simple. Slanted, <laughs> this is slanted words. Mm-hmm. Which usually aren't good, but some. Uh, slanted it's words. It's like a commentary. They're supposed, they're just not consistent with their commentary and the passion. Sometimes there's words that should be slanted that aren't and things like that. That's that's the issue there. The slanted words are always added, though. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, all their slanted words are added stuff. So they don't slant things that are actually in all, like, translations or whatever. Yeah. But that's slanted. Uh, she means italicized, just like the words are, like, tilted. Alright. Uh, Jadefire. Uh, question. What can you learn about Jesus? That he knows everything. I pretty much get that where he says... Or it says, um, but he knew their true intent or whatever. Mm. But that's my note. What's your note? God slash Jesus has all the answers. For this section? You already did this section. Yeah, but it's still my note. Oh, what you said last week. But yes, that's a good point. Yeah, at first I'm like, well, yeah, he does know everything, but what does that have to do with him answering the question, like that specific question? But yeah, knowing their intent. Good call. Alrighty. Now, Big Mama and Rosilla can join the game. So, Rosella, Marriage at the Resurrection, is what my section is called. Sadducees ask about resurrection. Okay. Very what, long title. Yes, what is your note? Your soul keeps on living. Where'd you get that? Yeah, so at the end in 31 and 32. Now concerning the resurrection of the dead, haven't you read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So it says, I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. So if he's the God of them, then they must not be dead, right? Right. So he's not the God of the dead, but of the living. So that implies that they are currently living, which one might extrapolate that we also will be continuing to live. Sure. Yep. All right. Because, yeah, it talks about at the resurrection. So, I mean, we'll be alive. Yes. But he says now concerning the resurrection of the dead. Yeah. So it makes it sound like they don't get resurrected, but that they are resurrected. Mm, I see what you're And this is to the people that didn't believe in the resurrection, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they say there's no resurrection. Good old Sadducees. So at least they were that... sad, you see. Because they didn't. Well, they had no hope. There's no <laughs> resurrection. That's why they were sad, you see. All right. My note. Marriage of the resurrection. Once again, people are trying to trap Jesus and get him in trouble. They do this all Yep. Well, they haven't had a lot of success, so they keep trying. <laughs> That's like the turkeys in the woods being like, those people sure sit in their blind a lot. Well, we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying. So they asked a question seemingly to point out the foolishness of believing in the resurrection. By being like, well, who this is this going to be married to? Because they've been married to all these people, so it must not be a resurrection, because that would be just foolish. Wait, they were trying to trap you, sir? Yes, they were. Oh. I thought they were genuinely asking him a question for once. They just wanted to discredit Jesus. But Jesus not only pointed out that they don't know the scriptures, 
but also went further to explain that there is a resurrection, which meant he knew the belief they were operating under. Because they were claiming that there was a resurrection. Like, well, there's the resurrection. Whose wife is are they? But they didn't believe in the resurrection. Right. Yeah. They weren't looking for correction, but it came anyway. So we can certainly ask for God's correction, I think, is what I'm trying to say. It says as. So anyway, they weren't looking for correction, but it came anyway. So we can always be relying on God correcting us, even if we're not necessarily looking for it. <laughs> That's been a big moment. Um, mine was also on how the Sadducees didn't even believe in the resurrection. <laughs> so, uh... Why are you bringing it up? Yeah. <laughs> but Jesus... It's interesting, because Jesus is very learned in all of the laws and everything like that, so they had to have known that he knew that they didn't believe in the resurrection. So were they putting it on as if though they were, like, seeking to learn about the resurrection and maybe change their minds about it? Like, I don't know. Seems odd that, um... They would approach it that way when they don't even believe in the resurrection. But, um, my note was about how he answers their question and corrects their thinking. Mm -hmm. Whereas in, like, Job, he just corrected his thinking. He didn't give him any answers. God the Father, or God in general, did, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, at the end of Job, he's not like, here, Job, here's all the answers to the questions you've been asking me for all these chapters. Oh, He's like, who sure. do you think you are, Job? <laughs> no, instead, he just threw out his own questions, like an onslaught of questions, rhetorical questions. <laughs> yes. It corrected Job's thinking, but it did not answer any of his questions. Correct. And I feel like I get that response from God a lot more than an answer and correction. Just correction. Yeah, yeah. I don't, uh, yeah, I'm usually, like, I'm not as miserable as Job was, I'm not saying that. But usually if I'm going through something hard, it's not like, oh, here's the reasons why mm. that happened. It's just like, here's where you're wrong and you're thinking about this. Yeah, right, because, like, with Job and stuff, it wasn't like, you don't really, like, who are you to question me? I'm God. I have control. I brought good things in your life as well. So just trust that I know what I'm doing since I created all of this. Yep. <laughs> you're obviously starting to believe some lies about me now at this point yeah thinking i'm unjust which isn't true <laughs> yep so yeah that's a really good point yeah i like job it's a good book mostly i just love the ending of it like the last few chapters where god's talking because <laughs> god's hilarious <laughs> you like uh irony that? irony there we go i almost said satire I'm like that's no. irony yeah there's a I, I, I definitely would argue there's plenty of irony which people take as sarcasm or whatever because we use sarcasm to mean irony a lot in our culture. And I think there's a lot of that from Jesus, God, and a lot of irony. apostles. Yeah, a lot of irony. And I enjoy it thoroughly. Well, irony used well highlights facts very well for people to understand them. Absolutely. All right, Ruby, what do you get? Um, marriage and the resurrection, right? Yes. What did I learn about God says Jesus? Um, that he has good things to teach. I mainly got this from the last verse, 33. Um, when the crowds heard this, they were dazed and astonished over his teaching. Yep, he just kept impressing everybody else while the officials kept getting more and more frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on to the greatest commandment. Big Mama, why don't you start us off on that one? It's such a short section. Yes. I don't have anything specific to these verses, but it does. Um, it's the greatest well, commandment. You should. This should be very important. I'm just teasing. <laughs> it is. Well, it does call to mind First Corinthians thirteen, obviously, 
which we did a word-by-word study on a couple years ago, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, And just looking at, like, patience. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not self-seeking. And then taking each one of those things and looking at the original language that it was written in and everything that that means and where else it's used in the Bible and just really picking them apart. And that was really helpful to learn what love really is because society can get that and stuff. So remembering what love really is in seeking the interests of others and their welfare above your own, you can take these and make most life decisions. The hardest part is we don't always know what's best for the other person. Yeah. So we can only try. But that's where we are not called to be perfect and we are called to be humble and seek for good self. In that we can be perfect. (laughs) <laughs> yeah one thing that i've always you mentioned like what society it's screwed up with love right and it's always bugged me because i learned in grade school that you do not define a word using the word that's impossible and it's now we do and there's a whole movement of people that say love is love it's like um okay but what is love what's love no that's you can't that's not how you describe it <laughs> <laughs> Patient, love is kind. Exactly. Envy, does not boast, does not anger, quick tempered. Yeah, because another thing that's part of that movement is um, Pride Month, and you know, love is not proud. So, little contradictory there, but whatever. (laughs) You have to believe in the Bible at that point, I guess. Not feel affection for people. It doesn't say feel affection for everybody. Correct. Because I don't feel affection for everybody. (laughs) I try. (laughs) I try. Yeah, that's why it talks about loving your enemy. It's not like you're necessarily feeling affectionate towards your enemy. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't be your enemy. Honestly, your emotions don't really matter that much. (laughs) Loving your enemy means being patient with them, being kind to them, all that. I have to be very careful with that because it's easy for me to just agree with emotions don't mean anything and disregard them completely which is not helpful. They're great indicators but they do not have to guide our actions and they do not have to uh, sway our will. Agreed. Ruby. What does God want my life to look like? To love. To love. To obey the greatest commandment. And not just to, like, love the way most people think about it. Or a lot of people think about it. I guess not most isn't fair. A lot of people think about it. But to, like, be patient, be kind towards everyone. Even though it can be really hard with some people. Absolutely. Rosella. Where are the greatest commandments? Sure. I wrote, obey the Ten Commandments. What are the Ten Commandments? Okay, so the Ten Commandments are, I know one is do not have any other gods before the one true God. Mm-hmm. Obey your parents is one of Is it? Honor your father. Honor, honor your father. Honor your father. It's like, I don't know if obey your parents is in there. It's, <laughs> a, it's in the Bible, but. Children obey your parents. Yeah, children. Everybody obey. Honor your father. Well, there's Ephesians 6, 1, and Colossians 3, 20. I don't know. What other ones, Persia? Um, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not have idols. I think that's just going back to adult. Oh, it's not? I need clarification. <laughs> that's half of them. Yeah, you got five. Honestly, I can never, especially like the first handful, because it's easy to get confused because some of them sound redundant, like not having idols and not having any other gods and stuff like that. Like, isn't having another god idolizing something? Yeah, it would be. So but you're I- also not supposed to take the Lord's name in vain. 
Do not boast. Do not steal. Do not steal. That that's the one that kept popping in my mind. Like, do not boast. Is do not boast a commandment? I don't think, I think so. so. I'm pretty. Do not it's, covet. It, do not covet. Um. Do not boast is part of um the love thing. We're almost there. The Sabbath. Yeah, I was holding off on that one, yeah, but that's fine. Sabbath. I was gonna bring that the last one because it is the last commandment, I think, too. No, it's oh, like number not? four. Oh, Keep the it's not whole. four, is it? Yeah, it's it's in the first five. At least. Oh, okay. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Uh, did she already say do not use the Lord's name? I said that. Oh. Did you get do not steal and do not covet? I didn't catch which ones yep, you were I counting. Yeah, I counted those two. Okay, so do not take the Lord's name in vain. Do not steal. Do not covet. Keep the Sabbath day holy. And... She said it. Okay. It's number six. So, I'm just going to do all. Do not murder. Do not have any, any other gods before God. Do not idolize anything. Do not steal. Except False they... testimony. Oh, yeah. Do not lie. Obviously. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you shall have no other gods before me. Oh, where'd you go? Do not steal. Which right there. Like, that was the first thing I thought of. So when... Yeah, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything. So don't make idols, I guess, is more of the thing. Um, so like, yeah, I, I think I did that. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, so do not you know, um, take his name in vain. Uh, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. It is number four. <laughs> There's a podcast where they're like, everyone's real careful not to murder people, but no one cares about the Sabbath. <laughs> and I just think that's the fun thing. What is this? Uh, it's That Sounds Fun by Annie F. Downs when she's talking about Enneagrams. Oh, yeah? It's in one of her Enneagram podcasts, and she's like, everyone's real careful not to murder people, but yeah. no one wants to keep the Sabbath. Yeah, I, I have thought that is odd. Like, it, it's in there, so why do we not care well, about it? why did we not used to do it? Because nobody else did. Nobody made we a didn't, point We of didn't it. realize it was, like, I don't know, we just, for some, like, nobody did make a point of it. So we figured it didn't matter, and then we're like, well, why do they talk about it if it doesn't matter? <laughs> And, then, and yeah. also, in the New Testament, Jesus does say some people hold one day more special than another. That's fine. Or I don't think it's Jesus. Oh. It's uh, one of the letters from the Apostle Paul, probably. But it's like, don't have arguments about new moons and festivals and days. Like, it doesn't matter. Colossians 3.16. But, again, the two commandments he gives us in here and the greatest commandment. It says the greatest commandment on my heading, but it's both the two greatest commandments. There's two of them. Yeah. They cover all ten commandments. I mean, really, yeah. both of them are pointing towards the same thing, same love. Well, yeah, but you're supposed to love God first, and then love others as well. But I need to learn how to love myself first, <laughs> so that I know how to love You know, I, would, I do notice that that is not in there. <laughs> <laughs> it says, All right, everything it, I do is for my best interest first, naturally. <laughs> naturally, we do love ourselves, even if we claim that we hate ourselves, we are... Out for trying to make ourselves feel better. <laughs> exactly. So therefore, we are loving. We might not like ourselves, but we are loving ourselves constantly. Yep. I didn't even that explained to me at one point. I was like, but what if you don't love yourself? Everybody loves themselves. Even suicide is to release you from your pain. Yep. It does not care about the people around you. Even if they say, well, everyone else would be better off without me. Well, then go somewhere else. Like, <laughs> doesn't mean you That's have to lie. kill yourself. That's a like, lie, <laughs> Even if they believe it, it's a lie. Yeah. And it's not so much that we don't feel loved that hurts. It's what that implicates. Like, they don't love me, so there must be something wrong with me. I must be worthless. I must be unlovable. I must be unacceptable. I must be um, useless. That's the feelings that come behind that. So it's not just 
I don't feel loved. It's I don't feel mm-hmm. acceptable, yep. purposeful, worthwhile, and that is a lie. It's, it, it's going back to the feelings leading instead of truth or whatever. Yes, like we the truth about. is what God has said about us. All right. Rosella, did you share? Was that you sharing? I don't remember. Shared fire, you better get your section ready. I said, obey the Ten Commandments. And then yeah. you asked me, oh, what are right. the Ten Commandments? And then we went on that, Yeah, on. so I asked you what the Ten Commandments were. <laughs> so I just said four words and then... Well, uh, it's good to obey the Ten Commandments, but to obey them, you need to know them. I always remember the one from a VBS song where it's number seven's just like heaven, but only with your husband or wife. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the perfect way to put it for a VBS setting. <laughs> sure, sure. All right, Jade Fire, what do you got for this section? Question, what does God want your life to look like? To obey the seven commandments, or the ten commandments. All right, my note. Um, I actually just... You know, didn't even touch the actual commandments because, um, I mean, we've heard those so many times. And I figured other people would have some notes on them anyway. Um, But I just noticed that where we get these greatest commandments, it was once again the Jewish leaders trying to test Jesus and trap him. They asked him, what is the greatest commandment? Because it even says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. And one of them, an expert in law, tested him with this question, <laughs> which is the greatest commandment, thinking he would... Again, instead of doing either or questions, which we got before, it's like, oh, well, it's this or that. He just expanded it to ten. We got ten options. And he's like, no, no, it's... These are the commandments that are not even written down, right? Like, <laughs> they're not part of the what's your law list of rules here, because these can encompass the commandments. Yeah. Love God. Love everyone else, but it's just it's it's just amusing to me that they keep trying to test him. All right, so the next section: whose son is the Messiah? And I think it's Ruby's you mean turn. Jesus, son of David, Lord of David. Whose son is the Christ? What did I learn about God? Such Jesus, not to try and trap him because he is the greatest and can trap us back. <laughs> 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 Hmm. Alright, that's very good. Uh, Rosella. I wrote God slash Jesus knows how. Alright. Jadefire, what do you got? Um, uh, what can you learn about uh, God slash Jesus? That when when he's getting tired of anything, expect, uh, main, like, I'm just gonna use questions because this is what I've mainly got it off of. When he gets tired of the questions, he knows how to answer the question to put a stop to the rest of the questions. <laughs> I don't even know if he's doing it just because he's tired of them, though. He's just like, he's going he's to just ask, answering. He's just answering them in a way that, like, they're like, oh, yeah, we have, we got nothing. <laughs> yeah, like his, I do like his series of questions here, though, about who we, like, I mean, they're all connected to the same idea, but the expounding of the question. Um, and, like, no one could say a word in reply. And from that day on, no one dared to ask him anymore. <laughs> oh, that it seems to, seems Jesus is trying to get them to understand that the Messiah is more than just a descendant from the line of David. Like, they were all looking for the Messiah, a descendant of David. That's what they're looking for, is, like, a man that's descended from David that's going to rescue them. Yeah. They weren't necessarily looking for the Son of God, or God himself. Oh. It's what it seems like is going on. Because he's explaining to him that, like, he's not just... Because David called him Lord as well, so he's not just a son of David. Yeah, I knew they were waiting for the Messiah. Did they not realize that the Messiah was literally the son of God? See, that's what I'm wondering. Because it's—I don't know. I'm starting to think that that's the case. 
Because that's why they're that so upset that he claims to be God. Because, I mean, he's going to be the savior. He's going to be sent from God. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't... A lot of people were sent from God. I need to research this. Right? Sorry. That's how I feel. Like, things come up and I'm like, I have too many things to research already or too much other work to do. I don't got time to research this one too. What exactly did the Pharisees believe about God? So that would have been, that would have made sense why they were so cranky that he was saying that he was God. Because I assumed they were looking for someone who was going to be God. And I'm like, duh, he's right here. I've assumed for so long too. But then when I was reading this just on its own, I'm like, I wonder. Yeah. So, I also just like, uh, at the end when it talks about how they... Uh, can't reply because or or answer or they don't ask him anymore. And in his wisdom, he makes foolishness of the wisdom of the world. Yep. Which I could cross reference if I went and looked. I don't remember where it's at, but it's it's out there. It's another. It's another <laughs> area. Fair. Go find it yourself. <laughs> I think it's in one of the letters. What did you get from this, Big Mama? Um, me it was that Jesus is able to silence them in their foolishness. And unfortunately, I'm not Jesus. Because (laughs) it's easy to get caught up in us being image bearers and being like, if I were wise enough, I would have an answer for everything. And I'm supposed to be like Jesus, right? So I should have an answer for everything. And I should be able to ask questions that cut to the heart of the matter. And I should be able to... Um, like silence the wisdom of the world and that sort of stuff. But the truth is, we're not Jesus. Our goal is to be like him. We definitely can grow in wisdom. But most likely in this world, I am never going to be wise and discerning enough to be as shrewd as Jesus in all of these ways. And that's not problematic, I guess. That's expected. (laughs) Um, So just the humility and um, repentance are what protect me there i guess so Mm. like yeah i'm never gonna be the smart i'm never gonna be the shrewd but we are called to be shrewd so i can keep growing in that yeah but i'm never gonna be this perfect at it so i need to remember my own humility (laughs) so i don't know it's not like a direct extrapolation from this section but that's what i need to remind myself when i read stuff like this and think i'm supposed to be like jesus what does shrewd aware of the situation enough that you can work the right angles to the best advantage so when the bible says that we're to be shrewd it means recognize where people's hearts are and come at it in a gospel-centered way recognizing that just because they're yelling at you or don't like you doesn't mean there's something wrong with you it means there's probably something wrong with them and how can you best love them through that or recognizing when people are out to hurt you and get you and recognizing when not to engage with that sort of behavior um it always makes me think of a christmas story where he's like his dad was oh what did he say he was as stingy as a jewish man and twice as shrewd or something like that when he goes to buy the christmas tree yeah so when they're talking about his dad being shrewd at the christmas tree lot it means that he knows how much he can push and how much he can get without ruining the whole deal. Because if you get too stingy with people, then they're just going to say, forget you. But he was able to get a Christmas tree for a good price and have it tied to the roof of his car for free. So that was him being shrewd in his own way. It's working the situation to the outcome you desire. Huh. And when the Bible says to be shrewd, it means the, the outcome you should desire is for god to be glorified in that situation not to get a good deal on a christmas tree (laughs) so um that reminds me of a verse in colossians 4 6 
Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Yeah, so give them grace. Give yourself grace. <laughs> I need some salt. Okay. <laughs> so, um, a dictionary de- definition would be having or showing sharp powers of judgment or being astute. Um, she was shrewd enough to guess the motive behind his gesture. So just knowing where people are coming from, being paying attention. And a lot of that comes from just, like, I would, I see it that being shrewd or whatever is to be aware of the world and how it works and how people can be so that you can detect when people are up to no good because you don't want to get caught off guard you don't want to be naive and just let people take advantage of you either necessarily or like mislead you i should more it's more of that taking advantage of us that's not going to hurt our faith necessarily um so whatever i would rather not be taken advantage of but so yeah you just need to be able to to decipher what is actually going on around you so that you can protect other people help lead them to christ if they're trying to mislead you or at least counter whatever they're saying so that people recognize that they're up to no good because yeah, we... the verse no oh, go ahead the verse says to be shrewd but innocent as doves yes. usually when someone's shrewd they're working it to their advantage yes like the christmas tree yeah but we're also to be as innocent as doves so be innocent of any wrong motives or wrong actions but also be aware of what's actually going on in the situation. So, so understand, understand yeah. So understand the world, but don't act like it. Yeah. Like don't act like the world. Yeah. Would be a simpler way to just like catch it there. Um, I was looking into the whole wisdom foolishness thing, and I don't remember exactly what I'm suggesting, and maybe it's not even exactly there. But one verse I did come across was in First Corinthians three nineteen, uh, and well, at least three nineteen for sure. Uh, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness, which Jesus was constantly doing. So I just think that's fun comment on yeah. what he was up to. He kept catching them in their craftiness. And what one of you guys said that too about don't don't try to catch Jesus or trap Jesus because yeah, he'll trap us. Yeah, yeah, that was Ruby. Yeah, okay. So they, they kind of harken back to that. So that was cool. So, yours is seven woes. Well, what, what, where did you take your note, Rosella? What verses is it from? Do you know? What's your note? They tell us what to do, but they do not do it. Oh, so that would be describe the first section the for me. Yep, that's a hypocrite, for sure. Just describe the hypocrite. Cool. Oh, I guess he does continue talking about hypocrites in the next section, too. I didn't know what a hypocrite was. A hypocrite is somebody who tells you to do something but doesn't do it themselves. I just want to be... Like, how you should live. So it's like saying, hey, you are required, like, everybody should brush their teeth three times a day, but then this person, like, brushes their teeth once a week. (laughs) That would be a hypocrite. Sorry, what was your note exactly? What did you say? They tell us what to do, but they do not do it. Yeah. Yep. Not cool. That's like just describing a hypocrite. Yep. Alright, Jadefire, what do you got for this section? So... All the way down to verse 16. Woe to oh, you. said all the way down. I'm like, okay, so we're in the 30s somewhere, probably. Nope, <laughs> just 16. All right, verse 16. Woe to you, blind guides. You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by his oath. You blind fools, which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? Uh... Two things from that. One, I know the answer, which is the temple. Because <laughs> without the temple, the gold would be zip. Yep. And then, um, 
my note is like, night to your yes, be yes, and your no, be no. You shouldn't be swearing by anything. Sure. You don't need to swear by anything if you just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Yeah, we've talked about that before. All right. A warning against hypocrisy is my um, first section. It only goes through verse 12. So I highlighted verses 8 through 12. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted and my note is do not seek out titles for your own glorification uh, we are none of us better than another which they apparently thought they were at times and we should sharpen one another with god's instruction we shouldn't be using a position that we've been put in or whatever and be like well i'm better than you and so i know more than you and we all have information that we can use to sharpen one another there's hold on i'm gonna do another cross reference all right so yeah pro as a proverb as iron sharpens iron so one person sharpens another we are designed to be helping each other sharpen our our understandings and stuff that is what i was getting out of there so that's my note for that section. Something you said reminded me of um, a side note I made. Oh, what's that? Okay, so before I do my actual note, something confused me. Um, in verse 9 it says, And you are not to be addressed as father, for you have one father who is in heaven. What about, like, actual fathers, like you? What is, like, dad? What about the... What are you? I'm your dad. But you're also our father, so, like, can, why can't we address... Can we address you like that, like... I think you can. I I don't think it's speaking against it like that, but acting in that role or having people call you that because you want to be called father. So, yeah, this could be controversial for some people, but I would think that this could apply to um, Catholicism because they often do get called father. I don't know what Catholicism is. Catholics. It's a branch of Christianity. I know it's branch Christianity. What are like what what are their? Uh, I mean, a lot of it is what's in the Bible, which is good. Uh, and I don't, I'm not an expert, so I could be wrong about some stuff. But um, Catholics do call like they have priests and stuff that they call father, and like nuns or sisters or whatever, like Sister Mary or whatever, and then Father Pete or something. I don't know. One thing that I know that I disagree with them heavily is their seeming deifying of Mary. Like, making her godlike, almost. Huh. Um, because they, at least some do, I know, because I've seen some interviews and stuff with them, where they think that Mary remained a virgin forever, and that some would even go as far as say that she had no sin. No. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't... she's the holy virgin, Mary. Mm, I don't want to push those boundaries further than that they are, so I'm careful about... <laughs> I'm trying to be careful here, because I don't... I honestly don't know. I haven't talked to, to them about that, so I can't say that I think most of them do but i definitely know that like many th believe that's in the doctrine that she didn't have sex ever but like a verse literally says mary and joseph refrained from doing that until jesus was born like i don't remember where it says i, know. I think it's in like one yeah but, like, we, we've talked about this literally says that yeah which seems to imply that um that they did later but it never specifically says they do either yeah 
It also mentions his brothers and sisters which on. Which some people want to translate as being, they called cousins that as well. It could mean the same thing. Seems fishy. I don't fishy. know why they would call other people cousins. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't buy into it, but like, there's, there's, those are some of the beliefs that I've known that are at least around in the Catholic Church that I think are odd. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I would, I would think that this particular section of the Bible does seem to make it sound like maybe we shouldn't be calling priest father. <laughs> Seems like an odd thing. Okay. Big Mama, do you have any notes on that area? Uh, one through twelve. Um... I don't have it written in here, but I think my note when I just read this in Mark recently. In 23.3, it says, Therefore, do whatever they tell you and observe it, but don't do what they do because they don't practice what they teach. And that's a hard one for me. If someone's telling me to do something, even if it's right, if they're not doing right, I don't really want to listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that one's interesting to me, that it doesn't necessarily say, look for people who are doing what is good and then do what they tell you. It's like, anyway. So that is a point of pondering for me, I guess. Yeah. And did you have any take on the concept of when he tells everybody not to have not to be called rabbi or um, father or instructor? I mean, that's who God is supposed to be for us, and we're not supposed to put another person between us and God to be that for us. But I am literally a father. So I just wondering if you had any thoughts in that regard, because that was Ruby's question. Yeah, I think um, here it's definitely talking about spiritually. That's what I was thinking too, but because I'm like, I'm pretty sure you can call me father if you really want to. You don't usually use father, but it's usually just dad. But because the physical is meant to reflect the spiritual, that's literally its purpose. Yeah. And so yeah, you're going to have a physical father, but your spiritual father is in heaven. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I like the way you put that. That's helpful. All right, and Ruby, what do you got? My section is called uh, superficial spiritual. We spirituality versus genuine humility. Mm. Um, what does God want my life to look like? To do everything with a humble attitude. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, and that's your last note, isn't it? Yep. Nice. Okay, next section for me is the seven woes and the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. And Jade Fire, you just had one chapter for all of this, is that right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you already shared yours. Seven woes to the scribes and Pharisees. So I will start, and Beg Mama can also chime in. Is this a section for you or not? Oh no, you had the whole thing, that's right. So mine goes all the way to the end of the chapter at this point. 25, 29 through 31, and 23, 33 through 35 are what I highlighted. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous, and you say if we had lived in the days of our ancestors we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets so you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets you snakes you brood of vipers how will you escape being condemned to hell therefore i am sending you prophets and sages and teachers some of them you will kill and crucify others you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town and so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on earth from the blood of righteous abel to the blood of zechariah son of barakiah whom you murdered between the temple and the altar so their actions against christ proves that their claims are false they said if we lived in those times we wouldn't have done this and yet oh, they yeah. do it to christ yep. 
And then they do it through apostles and stuff later. I hear people do this all the time now who are like, if I were Adam, I would have eaten apples. Yeah. They acted just as their ancestors. They were deceived by their own self-righteousness. Sure, they didn't create obvious idols to false deities, but they did worship their position and intelligence and the glory that it brought them among men. Let us be careful to not fall into the same trap, because we often, as you just said, hear that. Well, how could they be so foolish back then? It was so obvious. They had God talking right to them. Oh, I wouldn't have been like that if I had God talking to me. That's just, like, we might not even say those words, but just talking about how foolish they were? suggests that we obviously are thinking and believing that we would have been better off. Yeah. Which is silly. (laughs) We have to, like, actually put ourselves in their shoes. Yeah. And the same goes for current relations, too, where it's like, oh, how could this person do that? Well, they don't have your God-given personality and your God-given life circumstances, so I don't know. How could they do that? (laughs) Let's think about it for a minute. Yeah. Well, it's even, even like, people that aren't um, thinking religiously even christians and stuff it's like oh well we know better we wouldn't be racist if we were growing up at the times when racism was a very prominent feature of Mm. the culture or things like that it's like you don't know that yeah (laughs) you would hope that you right and that doesn't mean that you know that and that's perfectly fine to hope that you wouldn't be that way because we know not to be that way and we don't want to be that way so that's good it's good that we do not want to be that way but you don't know what would have happened in your upbringing if you were living in that time yep <laughs> anyway you have any more notes for the I do. area in 23 it says woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites you pay a tenth of mint dill and cumin and yet you have neglected the more important matters of the law justice mercy and faithfulness these things should have been done without neglecting the others So he doesn't say you shouldn't do those things, that he's calling whitewashed tombs and all that sort of stuff. No. But that you should do them with justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So my note was that good actions plus good intent is like clean water that's in a clean cup. Like, you want them both. Ah, yes. And you want them both clean. It's not that you only want one or the other. Like, what's clean water do if you don't have a cup to drink it out of? And what's a clean cup do if you don't have water in it? Not a whole lot. But if you have them together, then you're good. If either one's dirty, then don't, it's you, don't, dirty. you might not want whatever is in that cup. Because if the water's dirty, well, you're not going to necessarily want to drink that water anyway. If the cup's dirty, well, now the water is dirty anyway. <laughs> yep, they kind of intermingle. And also, just in general on this whole area, what he says could definitely be considered offensive so it's not that we are to never offend anyone that is not the goal of christianity if we're truly following it to be a little jesus we're going to be not just nice all the time but he does this i don't think because he wants to show that he's better than them no i don't catch that from him Um, but that he wants them to know where they're standing currently, what they're doing wrong, but more importantly, the people who are seeking Jesus with a genuine heart to know what is wrong with the Pharisees, essentially. Yeah. So, he's still seeking the good of others here, not just trying to look good. Well, I mean, yeah, he even starts it off talking about that, right? Humbling themselves will be exalted and all that stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah, so don't just go off on people that you see doing things that are wrong. Absolutely not. I think the biggest thing that's standing out to me recently is recognizing if people are seeking Jesus genuinely or if their hearts already hardened towards him and they're just being nasty. Mm, sure. Because if you know where they're coming from in that, 
it makes it a lot easier to respond with shrewdness. Yes. <laughs> All right. So now we move on, I think, to both Rosella and Jadefire's last section. No, that's not true. Mine is in yep, like yep, yep, 24. Yep, yep. So we're moving on to Rosella's second to last section. So lament over Jerusalem. All right. What do you got for that? Always accept Jesus slash God. Where do you take that from? Lament over Jerusalem is what I think it's talking about. Um, like, he's lamenting that Jerusalem is going to have destruction, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they're not accepting uh, God. Okay. I can I can pick up on that. All right. Um, did you have... Is this a section for you at all? Yeah. Okay. Um, My commentary comes from having had chickens. So I've always, like, we... Most of people know how hens sense danger and make their little noise and all the chicks come running over and go underneath the mama. Yeah. But I never realized how tight and held onto those little chicks are. Um, one time when our chicken was supposed to have hatched her eggs, she had been broody for three weeks, it was time for her to have her babies, and I went up and checked one day and she was still sitting on a pile of eggs. There was no chicks. And it was three days overdue, so I was like, okay, tomorrow I have to go up there, toss all the eggs kick the mama chicken out because when they're broody they stop eating they stop like doing practically anything and if they stay broody they die so i'm like okay i gotta go kick her out she can't just stay sitting on this nest of dead eggs yeah and so i went up and i picked her up and i set her off to the side and i turned and looked and there were a bunch of empty eggshells and i was like where'd the chicks go and then i realized they were falling out from under her wings she had them so tightly tucked (laughs) up in her that when i picked her up and moved her the chicks went with her (laughs) and i was like oh sorry sorry so i put them back on and several of the eggs ended up hatching that day um but like and also how many they stuff up under there (laughs) like they get a lot in there um Another fun fact is that they actually pluck out their chest feathers to keep their chicks warmer. So they kind of self-sacrifice in a few different ways by Hmm. not leaving the nest to go and eat as they normally would um, and forage and all that sort of stuff. They eat just enough to survive and they, yeah, pluck out their own feathers so that they take better care of their chicks and hold them closer. um, And they hold them... Sorry. Tiny chicken. Um... (laughs) So yes, the way that they hold them so tight and so securely and so sacrificially brought a lot more light into how much Jesus wanted to gather them up like that hen. So you would say another physical reality showing Christ again yeah, <laughs> God's work. Showing spiritual truth. Yep, spiritual truth. Yep. Cool. Crazy chicken. I see their little heads popping up from under the thing. It's so cute. <laughs> they are so cute. I love the little chicks. All right. Now, I believe it is Rosella and Jade Fire's and Big Mama's last section. I'm going first, right? Yes. Okay. Jade Fire, you launch us here. All right. Um, first of all, what is it called? Destruction of the Temple Predicted. Destruction of the Temple and Signs of the End Times. Cool. I have Signs of the End of the Age next. Oh. So yours are probably lumped together there. Probably. The day. An hour unknown. And what's uh, your verses then? Mine are one through two. Oh wait, no, that's the one, one through two. <laughs> that's okay, the wrong yeah. one. Never mind. It's oh. signs of the end of the age. No, oh, okay. It's yeah. twenty-four one through thirty-five. 
Yeah, that's what mine is. 35. Yeah, that's what mine is. I'm pretty sure. You do have a bunch of sections in there? Yeah, persecutions predicted, the Great Tribulation, <laughs> the coming of the Son of Man, the parable of Main, the fig tree. Mainly, um, Well, those are the signs. And then my note is that, um, uh, if, or what can you learn about God slash Jesus, um, that he, if, like, either, like, if he wants to tell us what's going into the future, he has he can actually tell us because he knows what's going to happen in the future. I mainly get that from the part where he says uh, stars are going to fall from the sky. Yeah. Things like that. No, I mean, these are signs of the end times, so. Yeah, and I think actually at one point he literally says, see, I can tell you the future. Or something along those lines. Big Mom, do you have anything for your first, like, couple verses? My first two verses? Um, No. <laughs> that was a big presentation to nothing. I guess, I guess right. it goes back to skip to Caesar. What Caesar's recognize how worthless stuff in this world is. Like oh, uh, sure. Really was. All right. Um, Rosella, what is your first section called? Jesus foretells destruction of the temple. And is yours also only a couple of verses? It's one to two. Okay, so what's your note? Do God's will. Do God's will. I don't see that, but... Um, it is also only two verses, and Mom didn't even have a note, so it's okay. <laughs> the temple's going to be torn down. It's kind of just... God a... was not... Or Jesus was not impressed. Yeah. Just some big old factual statement, it seems. All right. So then, Rosella, your last section for the day. What is that called, and what verses does it cover? Signs of the end of the age. And what verses does it go through? Three, all the way to 14. All the way to 14. Yeah, mine covers more than that. I might start to catch up on you, Rosella, next week. No, no, no. We like being too sexy. All right. What's your note for that section? You should love till the end. Love till the end. I like that. Because he's talking about the end of times, and we're supposed to be loving the whole time. I mean, we'll continue loving afterwards, too. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Love till the end. I like it. I'm a big romantic, so it sounds great to me. And Big Mama, what do you have for your that area of the Bible? Um, from verse twelve, because lawlessness will multiply, the love of many will grow cold. One reason love grows cold is disobedience, whether it's in ourselves or in the people around us. There are people who are easy to love, and there are people who are hard to love. And there's a heart that it's easy to love from, and there's a heart that it's hard to love from. So. Uh, recognizing that disobedience is the culprit of love growing cold in a lot of circumstances. And, um, yeah, going back to the, you might not feel affection, but you can still love and choose to obey. You can choose to love and you can choose to obey. And that will make following the laws a lot easier. Nice. Keeping in step with Jesus's plan. Yeah, I'm glad you highlighted that verse specifically, because now I see where she could even have gotten the love specifically from this area. So, because I did, I don't, I didn't remember all what it said, but yeah, it does talk about love going cold, and we don't want that to happen to us. So, yep, and uh, it's easy. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that means it's application time. Um, I think okay. I wrote no last week. Oh yeah. It was. Continuing from my book, continuing, which was not to bottle things up. And how's that going for you? I don't know. Do you feel like you've been bottling things up? 
have the can you think of a time where something is not going well and instead of addressing it nicely you just retreat and hold on to it or can you think of a time that you acted really harshly because you've been bottling things up for a while I don't remember the exact instance but I'm pretty sure she did apply nicely to something instead of bottling it up and like getting oh, yeah? her preference I don't remember what it was about I just remember that she well, that's she good. volatile and I've seen her willingly just letting herself cry when she's upset <laughs> and not just shoving the tears and pretending everything's okay. And I probably helped with that a little bit because I've been learning to be okay with that. <laughs> and even I'm like, why are you crying? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, well, let's keep moving forward. <laughs> And that's okay. That is okay. It's okay. So you go, you get. We'd go, prefer get random angry. tears than random outbursts of anger. Yes. <laughs> I don't want you to break anything. So go ahead and keep crying. Yeah, if you feel like crying. Because <laughs> from what I've seen, it's not been manipulative or to show how mean you're being or anything. It's just you're suddenly sad, so you cry, and then life goes on. Yeah, I did even run into a little bit of that myself with some of the kids because I was I recognize that part of my problem is that we have run into a manipulation of emotions from at least a couple children, yep. and so it makes it harder for me to <coughs> trust people with their tears and be like, what's yeah. the motive? But if you pause for even just a second, you can usually realize, okay, this kid is trying to prove a point. Whereas this kid is just sad for a minute. <laughs> well, and there's also the fact that, like, at least one of the incidents I'm thinking of that happened, the manipulation would have only been against me. I'm not going to fall for it. Nobody else was really around. I mean, they were in the house, but, like, not there. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I just shrugged my shoulders, and I'm like, whatever, and I just moved on with my day. It didn't really need to be addressed. I've talked to him about it before, and nobody was really being affected by it. So I'm just like... All right, I'm done. <laughs> so what's your application this week, Rosella? I don't know. No, you think about it a little bit, and we'll circle around. Jadefire. I think I remember mine. Um, It's a continue, I think maybe it will continue, Um, of uh, to keep my tone in check. That has not been going well, so I think I might just continue that. Tone and temper? Te yep. I wasn't sure temper was in there, so I just left it out. Ruby. My application was to be ready to receive God's prophets and not just to hear them, but to listen to them. I don't know where I've been tested at that, really. So I think I've been doing a good job, at least. Listening to God's word? Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes, like, when you know you haven't done anything wrong in it, it's sometimes hard to see where you've done good in it. Yeah. What's your application this week? To do everything with a humble attitude. Not exalt yourself. Yes. Those, those were the words that were actually in the text. As I was just, uh, I know mine had something to... Like, I think there was more to it, but part of it was, like, letting people cry. 
<laughs> Recognizing where people are at and where your responsibilities actually lie. Mm, that's things that's where it is. Yep, 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 yep. Um, I mean, I know for sure I've had some successes over the week. As we just talked about a little bit ago. Um, it can be harder for me to know when I've screwed it up, though. Have you seen? Can you think of? when I've addressed things I didn't need to address. I don't think so. I, I can't recall. Because okay. Oh, there was one time. I um, think it was with Jadefire uh, when he was working on some school stuff by me at the computer. And I immediately went into why are you crying? And with that kind of tone, too. Like, what what the heck, you know? Yeah. But I quickly, like, corrected. So, like, I slipped. But then I was able to, like, readjust myself and, like, say the right things, you know? So, I mean, there was a slight slip-up for sure. But I was able to catch it, which was great. So, as far as this week, I had something. It was there. Come back to me. Um, mine last week was kind of continuation regular Bible reading, which I've been pretty good about still. And softer tones around the house. And I think I did really good on that. Especially on Saturday. I feel like I did what I was called to do. Others might not have felt that way. <laughs> but there was a lot of really high emotions around the house. And I was just like, you know what? You can just feel that way. That's fine. You know what? You are feeling that way, which is okay. But you're acting this way, and that is not okay, and there will be disciplines for that. <laughs> and so it was like, I felt very um, uh, anchored or settled or something, and the whole speaking softly and carrying a big stick came into play. And like last Monday when we started school, I had like three kids crying, and I wasn't like in a bad mood, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, it's Monday, of course we're going to do school, and you're not even like doing anything wrong. Why are you crying? Like, not a shaming why are you crying but like i don't understand and so today monday morning when people started crying i was like okay so they just kind of cry on monday mornings that's fine <laughs> i moved with it i didn't understand though like you have a weekend you're refreshed and you're ready to go right i i, I don't then, understand but i don't need to but I just then it crashes because then it's monday and then you have to get back i don't ever <laughs> dread mondays but I don't understand. I don't, I don't Garfield need, hates Mondays. I don't need to understand. I just need to recognize that they're sad, and that's okay. Here's the thing with a lot of this stuff. Um, we were actually talking about this, uh, me and Ruby and Big Mama, did, uh, yeah, last night, I think. Without actually talking, like, not specifically about Mondays, it was a different topic. But, like, there's a lot of things in our culture that we're conditioned and hear about are awful. Like... Teenagers are the worst. And so everybody believes it, and it makes it really difficult to raise teenagers because everybody's just focused on the negatives that come from it, right? Instead mm -hmm. of the, the benefits and positives that can be there. Or just children are a burden is a big one. Um, obviously, we don't subscribe to that. <laughs> um, and we've been good about that one. But the same thing was like Mondays. Everybody talks about how Mondays are the worst because they have this weekend mentality where that's the only time that they're free to do whatever they want, and they use it poorly. And a lot of people do. 
Um, and then they dread Monday because now they have to go back to their slave being away at work or school or whatever. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a certain mentality. People focus on a lot of negatives and it makes, and then it perpetuates because everybody says it then. And they, it's almost like a big mantra that the whole country repeats. Mondays well, are awful. <laughs> I used to be fr- afraid of moving up a grade because it always seemed awful. Like, hmm. fourth grade seemed like it was going to be the worst because my older sibling, like, I thought it like, the way he went about it, but I realized that's just the way he goes about school. Mm, sure. It's <laughs> the way he went about it. It's not the way you have to go about it. <laughs> yeah, so, like... you, so, it's just, like, it's a general idea that we should all be focusing on the positives, right? We should be focusing on what God's done for us, where we're at. We're supposed to be giving thanks to God for every day. <laughs> like, that's what we need to be focused on. Because it doesn't matter if it's Monday or Tuesday or whatever. Like... And, like, I break out of that because my work schedule's weird anyway, but... Yeah. <laughs> so, for me, I do want to continue to, like... I don't want to branch off too far because I want to continue focusing <laughs> on, like, addressing where people are at and, like, not getting caught up in things that I don't need to be caught up in. Because, like, while I had a decent week at it, I don't want to lose that. But, uh, another thing is that... And I don't know, I don't even know if this really came out of the reading today, but I've definitely been feeling convicted in certain areas um, about my my heart attitude when it comes to reading my Bible and just wanting to get it done and over with because I feel burdened with a lot of things, which I'm basically getting anxious and stressing out about things I don't need to be, which kind of ties into like <laughs> recognizing where people are, recognizing where I'm at and what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> Um, but also, like, I've been really lax on certain things for, like, over a year that I'm trying to, like, readjust and get back into certain routines and stuff, because I just kind of had given up for a while, <laughs> like, exercise and stuff like that. So, those are kind of the areas of my focus this week. I feel God is like, hey, I've let you, like, snooze for a while, but wake up. Time to, time to get going again. Five more minutes. I think I have one now. Okay. What you got, Rosella? To be better at reading the Bible, especially on weekends. Nah, yeah, you, <laughs> yes. do, you do struggle a little bit on the weekends. Or Christmas break. Yeah, especially over Christmas break. Oh, no. My application doesn't necessarily come from the reading. Maybe it's in there somewhere. Uh, might be. Um, might be. I could be bluffing. Having uh, gratitude and joy, and it could be partially tied into, you know, 23 where it talks about good intent plus good actions. Um, I've been really focused on following my determination to be obedient to God no matter what my emotions are saying. And I feel like I've gotten to a really good place with that. And um, I want to focus on gratitude and joy. And it's mostly stems from looking through pictures a few nights ago when I was like scanning through pictures, like just scrolling through pictures from the last like year and a half or so and seeing just snapshot after snapshot after snapshot after snapshot, hundreds of them of us like hugging and laughing and playing and eating and like just doing all of these very joyful things and just hun- and that's not even all of them that happened, you know. Yeah. That's just a handful that I happened to get a picture of. Um, and recognizing that 
the days we're living in now have just as many, if not more, than those days did. So trying to be thankful for them in real time and mm. um, joyful in all those good moments. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that's a really good call because, yeah, a lot of times it's kind of like the whole like problem with Facebook people have, right? You see all the good things of people's lives, so then yes. you feel like your life sucks. But you also have just as many because it's just the snapshots, right? And so, like, looking past, it's cool to... It's, and it's, it's sort of reverse, right? Like, you are still seeing just the good things, but you're realizing, yeah, there was a lot of good times back then, too. Yeah, well, yeah maybe I have some memories of some crappy situations, but these are good times. And so even yeah. when we're in crappy situations now, there's also good times happening here. So that's a really good thought process. I like that a lot. I feel like 2020 is the year I'm so thankful I took pictures because some significantly not great things happened for us personally. Um you know, on top of everything else going on in the world. Sure. And so when I think of 2020, I'm like, yeah, I'm glad that we had a baby that year. That was great. I love her. But the rest of the year can just go to pot. (laughs) I don't don't like the rest of the year, you know. But then looking through pictures, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's when we got the goats with the little babies. And we got our fluffy little chickens. And um we went on vacation with our friend, and that was really fun. It was a lot of fun. And there was a lot of really good things that happened that year, too. But I forget about them because I was so bogged down by all of Other the stuff, really yeah. bad things that mm-hmm. came out of it. That took me years to reconcile. I even have fond memories of the pool set up in the shop when it was way too cold, and everybody <laughs> was freezing to death, and nobody wanted to play in it. And they liked our <laughs> random obstacle course that we set up to be another thing that they could do up there yes and they ask they still ask when we're gonna set the pool up in the shop when it's like the middle of march and i'm like no nobody went in it it was so cold it was miserable (laughs) i stood in that pool almost the entire time i have my feet have never been as cold as they were and then when we went down to the house i just my foot against the edge of the shower <laughs> and i was like oh oh that hurt a lot i'm oh, surprised oh. you could feel your foot <laughs> yeah yeah because we played in there for a but while. we obviously think back on that very fondly right but my brain kept going to oh the hotels were closed so we didn't get to do our adoption day celebration the way we planned to do it you know right but well usually we well at the time at the time, we had established for adoption day, we would go to a hotel and go swimming because that's how we celebrated the first year. And, then get and it was really fun. Yeah. Um, but then COVID kept us from going to any pools, and so we didn't get to do that. But I had promised the boys that we were going to go swimming for their adoption day. So I made it an option. <laughs> we bought a pool. I went and did Instacart to save up the money for it, and I went and I bought a pool and set it up in the barn yep. in the middle of March in Wisconsin. Yep. This is why I say the plan is <laughs> right. The plan. I am not backing myself into that corner. This again. is a thing that we did in season one that we tried to keep doing, but God willing. Mm, God willing. Like to keep remembering that. Yep. Yes. God, God willing, willing, we'll go swimming. Yeah, we I should do bring not that promise. back. God willing. <laughs> yeah, we said that a lot in our day to day because we were talking about it. That was good. 
Now I just say the plan is, but God willing is I think there was a verse I read recently where it was like they were depraved in their hearts and their minds because they did not acknowledge God. And I was like, ooh, I want to yeah. be sure to be acknowledging him. Yeah, so, That's a good way to acknowledge yeah, him. I'm going to bring that back for sure. God willing. And then I also just want to remember Rosella's comment on that one section because I really like it. Love until the end. Like, love all the way through. I really like that statement. I'm, I'm hanging on to that one. All right. I believe... I think we're back on track now that Big Mama prayed last time, so I believe it is Ruby's turn to pray this week. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you've made and done. Thank you that we were able to do this podcast. Please help to help other people. Please help us um, with our applications to read our Bible more and for me to do things with a humble attitude and to remember God willing and for everybody to have a good week. Amen. 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 He always has great ideas for how we should spend our money. Yeah. We have a good idea how to spend your money. <laughs> I taped in my mouth and I breathed it in when I was laughing, and so I almost choked. Welcome oh, to yeah. another. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I didn't realize you were talking at the same time. Same time. I'm, I will go back to that recording. My well came before your voice. <laughs> I, my mouth was already forming the words. I was on my way, man. I make it real hard to love me. I spell does as dose. D-O-S-E. No, dose. Not dose. Dose, dose of magic. Dose would be D-O-E-S because there would be multiple female deer. No, dose is D-O-Z-E when you falsely. That's another option, sure. One plus one plus one equals one. Not actually, it equals three. In one. It's like a body wash. I like romance. I might not be good at it, but I like it. <laughs> good enough for this brood. <laughs> <to produce. laughs> Daddy likes having a mic. <laughs> I do like having a mic. You do? Yes. Oh. Also. Good call, babe. Good yeah. call. Also, I, I, oh, also... I said babe. Good call, old man. Good call. You can call me babe all you want. Babe. <laughs> Say be quiet and I'll... <laughs> Somebody swallows. Oh, I swallowed my tea. I was going to set it down, but it came on so quick. Love is love. It's not patient. It's not humble. It's love. It's love. Love, man. It's a feeling, not an action. I'm starting to get so. I just of... don't love him anymore. Well, then find out what actions. his love language is, <laughs> and you can fix that right now, today. Mm-hmm.